Hey, good evening, guys. Uh, Ty here from I Am Hope. Uh, welcome um, this evening again um, for another edition of our I Am Hope podcast. Um, tonight's guest is a unique individual, um, Lara. Um, I'll, I'll get her to introduce herself um, in a little bit. Uh, but just a reminder to everyone, uh, the main reason why we're driving this podcast series is simply because we understand that not only um, not there's only <laughs> there's not one um, shoe that fits all when it comes to mental health. So we understand that there's plenty of people out there that have um, stories, um, journeys, um, not only um, specifically to them, but also in supporting others as well. So we want to share um, so that we can connect with more people out there, um, not only in our local communities, but our wider communities in terms of mental health. So um, at the end of this uh, interview, um, there will be helplines that we will post up. Um, if you do have any questions, um, please feel free to let us know and we'll be more than happy to check up uh, contact details for our guests as well moving forward. But uh, for now, um, I'm looking forward to this one. Um, I've heard a lot about this individual um, and I, like many of you that are tuning in tonight, um, I, I can't wait to hear all about it. So um, take it away, Lara, when you're ready. Yeah, cool. Thanks, Ty. Um, kia ora, everyone. Uh, yeah, my name's Lara Diamond Brainer, um, also known as Lars, or if you've been with me in the studio or in the gym, Coach Lars it is. Um, not really many people like Coach Lars. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, um, wow, yeah, uh, such an honour to be on here. Thanks to you, Ty. Um, it has been a long journey for me with mental health. Um, Going back to when I was 14 years old, I'm 29, going on 29 this year. Um, yeah. <laughs> 30s are the new 20s. Um, yeah, so 14 years old, um, yeah, man, young young age, and nowadays, um, that's quite normal. That's actually a bit older than mm. what people um, suspect of mental health. Um, yep. So for me, um, being open about my mental health and what my journey and what I've been through. Um, it started back in uh, 2016, where I first really, really opened up. 2015, had a semi-bit of a breakdown at work. Um, I had to open up for the first time to my boss. Um, and that was the first time I've opened up to anyone. But then 2016, um, I actually did a boxing fight um, for mental health charity. Um, that's when I really had to open up and, you know, let everyone know that I'm yeah. dealing with it. I've been dealing with it yeah. for years. Awesome. And, um, um, just just before we just before we get get on, can I just yeah. quickly jump in there, um, just for everyone that's listening? Can can we quickly just touch on um, maybe where you're from, and maybe some of the schools in that? Because I I know it's just about to get juicy. So yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> sorry, sorry about that. Um, yeah, so sorry. Um, gosh, jump straight into it, and um, that's what good old anxiety does to you. Gets you all. Um, so uh, yeah, no, I um, am born and bred in East Auckland. Um, I'm from Pamua, but I grew up as a central girl. I went to uh, Baradine College, and I ended up at um, Auckland Girls for one year, and ended my school years at Mount Abbott Grammar, um, oh. which I will wreck to the day. Um, I'm a mags girl. I'm a mags girl. For um, <laughs> um, yeah, so I'm half Māori and um, my mum's Māori, my dad's Tongan German. Um, cool. I wasn't brought up 
in either of those cultures. I was just brought up as a normal Kiwi girl, um, but I love learning about my cultures. Um, mm. Yeah, so I'm from the far north on my Māori side, um, from Ngāpui, Hokianga, um, in Tangaru. Uh, so, nice. um, yeah, and on my Tongan side, I am from Mahanga. Um, nice, nice. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Um, can, can I just... Um, ask a quick question there in regards to because you mentioned that you went to was it three different high schools like did you did you did you have any uh sort of like um battles like mentally um when that was going on or was there a reason why like you you jumped from different schools because because i know there's heaps of young people that um are tuning in that will that have probably been to multiple schools just like yourself and yeah, so um, nothing bad about the um, why I was chopping and changing um, in my younger days, right up until oh, I'd say just recently. Actually, I still still play semi-professional rugby, um, and so it was more to do with sports. Oh, cool. um, so I was approached by different schools, um, and and the fact that um, actually um, the, one of my big reasons. Um, for leaving more sports, but another reason um, in my first school was actually that's where my depression started, um, oh. and it came down to um, bullying. Mm. So um, <clears throat> I actually went through a hard time at that first school, and yeah, I, I found it really hard. Um, and I went through my first stages of um, yeah, not so good stuff, um, mm. where I was harming myself, mm. and yeah, it was. Yeah, no one was understanding that. Um, yeah. I, I felt like I was made to look like the naughty student, mm. um, the bad influence student, um, when I really just, I just needed help, you know? Yeah. Um, and yeah, um, my parents saw that. I felt that. I felt like I needed to get out of that environment. Mm. And um, once I got out of that environment, it was, um, yeah, it was a whole lot better for me. Um, yeah. Went to another school. Um, and this is actually um, a, a massive thing um, I find, uh, I found, and I think um, students would find this nowadays. I went to a school, um, my first school, you know, um, two to three Islanders, Māoris in the class. Mm. Went to my next school, and it's two to three European Pākehā in the class. Yeah. That's a massive shift. Yeah. Like, that is a... Yeah, yeah, it's a big shift and it's a big change. Yeah. Um, and so the culture, well, I got a culture shock. Mm. Um, I didn't really know how to interact um, because of the culture shock. Mm. Um, I was, yeah, just, it was very different. So, so yeah, no, and, and, um, and yeah, I did have a few, um, I did have a few issues at this next school as well. Um, and it was basically, you know, just your typical um, school, high school stuff. Uh, pettiness, yeah. bullying again, mm. um, and me, I was a very defensive person, especially if I knew I wasn't in the wrong, and that led to being even more in trouble, because you're yeah. trying to defend what you yeah. think is right, yeah. but you get yourself more in trouble. Mm. Um, so yeah, it was never, it was never um, a bad thing of chopping and changing, it was more around my support, but when I put more thought to it, um, mm. I actually did have, um, you know, this trouble at the first school, second school, third school, it was awesome. Sorry, I didn't mean to go like that, but uh, <laughs> it, was, um, it was amazing. Like, I wish I did all my schooling at Mags. 
And yeah. that's why I would say that I'm a, I'm a mags girl through and through um, because, awesome. yeah, I um, failed NCA level one um, at my previous school and this school really took care of me. They actually, I actually felt like I was taken care of and someone actually cared for me and managed to sit two NCA levels in one year. Um, and people, you know, yeah, they really, really helped support. Yeah, that's 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 amazing. Uh, you know, obviously, thanks for for sharing. Can we just touch on uh, your your first school? Uh, you mentioned bullying. Um, what what kind of bullying? Um, if 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 you may, um, just touch on just think, just for some of those young people that are listening, um, that could be going through something similar at the moment. And how did you respond? Or like, did you? tell somebody and they didn't believe you I, I think you kind of mentioned it before um mm. like what, what does that do to your like your mind because like you know we're told that you know if you're being bullied if someone's um trying to hurt you then tell yeah. someone tell the teacher but then yeah in this in this in this moment like i don't know how how did they handle you when when that was going on yeah no very um that's a really good question actually um and realistically, yeah, you're not going to tell anyone. You're not going to tell, um, well, majority of kids, students will not tell your teacher and whatnot. Um, and it's so funny that I remember this to this very day. Um, it was one of many um, occasions. And it came down to when I was, I was year eight. I was year eight, I remember this. Form, what is it, form two, they call it? Or something yeah, like that? Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, I got my hair done for my birthday and you know you're only I'm only 11 years old like who gets their hair done at 11 years old so I got my hair done um, that's what I wanted for my birthday I come to school and um, one girl who wasn't very fan of mine I don't know why I never knew why um, anyone that knows Lars anyone that knows me since I was a young girl I've always been a social butterfly I'm bubbly if I say something wrong it's never coming from a bad um yep. it's never my intentions to come out like that but anyway um yeah so she started calling me mince and cheese here because I got I <laughs> I got blonde highlights and I had brown hair oh, um and sure, I was I actually will never forget this um yeah, yeah and I was like oh wow okay um yeah, never had that before. Like, I've never felt this or, like, had anyone be so negative towards me. Um, yep. And I don't think you're joking about it. So, anyway, um, yeah, she was calling me um, these names and um, she was saying that other people thought this of me. So, she was speaking on behalf of other people. And mm. um, that's when I was like, oh, I thought these people were my friends. Mm. You know, like, uh, why are these people talking about me like this? Why are you talking about me like this? Why are you talking to me like this? Um, and then she starts, um, back then it was MSN Messenger, it was. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that right? Yeah. Um, so she gets on the MSN Messenger and um, yeah. my mum actually never ever wanted, my parents were very strict, believe it or not. Yeah. They were very strict. And um, they never really wanted me to have this um, MSN yeah. Messenger, but because of homework and whatnot, that was the yeah. only reason why I was allowed on it. Um, so she starts messaging me and she's saying, you know, you know, who do you think you are mm. um, coming to school and having all your hair done? You just look like a mince and cheese pie in your head and no one, like, no one likes you anyway and yeah. everyone just 
that you're just a try hard getting your hair done and blah 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 mm. i was just like whoa girl like <laughs> who do you think you are like calling me this and this girl actually went on to tell things to my friends where my yeah. friends turned against me and was like you said this about me and i said well no i didn't say this about you yeah um so it became one big crazy thing me i'm an islander i'm yeah. half tongan i got i got an islander temper yeah and when someone's not understanding me yeah i'm gonna take that i'm gonna i'm gonna use something else yeah. and then that's that's when the hands came in and you know yeah. it was like yeah, I started, I actually, I actually pushed this girl at school. I pushed yeah. her because she wasn't understanding me. And I was like, you know, what's your problem? What's your problem? Like, why are you being like this to me? And um, we got in a bit of a scuffle. Actually, yeah. we got in a bit of a bit of a scuffle. And um, I just said, you know, you've been mean and all, like explaining to her, like, there's no reason why you should be like this. Um, and yeah, she never had a reason as to why she like said the things that she did. Yeah. Um, she never. Yeah, I'd ask her, why are you saying these things? Never had a reason. Um, and I just had enough. I really, really had enough. I didn't know, like, you know, my friends weren't believing me that this girl was now saying things and then she was teasing me about certain things. Um, <clears throat> and it actually came down to the point where we were outside of school one night. Um, back then, all the private school students liked to go to Eden Park. <laughs> and um and watch the rugby and the terrace um stands and so um yeah it actually ended up in a bit of a brawl um the wow. police got involved um and it actually went back to far back onto the msn messenger things um my wow. mum mum came down to the school um and i did get suspended for this I got stood down, but then when everything was um, sorted and they saw all the MSN um, messages to me, um, they had girls, you know, because girls were scared of this girl, so they wouldn't speak up. Yeah. Um, I have no idea why they were, but these things actually really happen at school. They're scared of someone, so they're not going to speak up. Um, yeah. And it happens in workplaces, right? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, no, they all, they ended up speaking up and um, we ended up getting proof. My mum brought in the proof of the MSN messages, messages. Um, and yeah, we got an apology. My parents got an apology. I got an apology. Yeah, um, yeah it just went so far. Um, it didn't need to go that far. Mm -hmm. um, but I've been, yeah, in that situation and I'm just like, you know, it drives you crazy. It drives you crazy knowing that yeah. you've done nothing wrong. Someone's picked on you, but now yeah. they've provoked you and yeah. you've done something even worse that yeah. you look like a person now. And that's yeah. how I felt. And um, that was just one of many in school. Um, yeah. One of many in school. And I, like I said, I'm, a, I'm, I'm defensive when it comes to me knowing that I've, I'm, I haven't done wrong and yeah. that someone's blaming me for something to make me look bad. Yeah. Yeah. Um, jealousy is a big thing. Jealousy is a major thing, and yep. that's where I think a lot of things come into play with this whole bullying thing. You know, someone doesn't like how you come across. Someone doesn't like that you're Miss Sports Star, or someone yep. doesn't like that you're um, you can be pretty and be a sports star, or be or the pretty girl, but you're actually like you know you're not drawing attention to anyone. You you, you just carry on as normal, but someone else thinks that oh, 
you know, she's wearing makeup today or she's done yeah. her hair today. Is she trying to impress? Like, is she trying to yeah. impress my boyfriend or yeah. is she trying to impress the guys at school? Like, yeah. it really, these are, and what I'm talking about is me. This is, yeah. I'm the girl that I'm talking yeah. about because um, it, man, it really took a lot out of me um, yeah. as, a, as a girl. Like, people thought, like, Lars was this chirpy girl, always loud and hyped, but really underneath it all, these yeah. bullies that were attacking me behind yeah. the scenes, I had no self, I had no self-belief. I had no self-confidence. My, mm. I had no self-esteem. Yeah. Um, I always had to just mask it. And I believe yeah. to say that I am the master of masking mental health. And it's, that's it's, not a good thing. It's <laughs> awesome. It's awesome that you, you touch on that. Um, you know, you, you talk about how, you know, when, when you're young and, you know, because of all the bullying and because of everything that you went through, like I think it's it's pretty normal, and I think it's pretty common that what happens, you know, whether you're a young uh, man or, or young female, that when you've been through so much at a young age, especially things like bullying, what tends to happen is as you grow. I mean, I, I'm not too sure about you, but you might be able to testify to this. But you end up parking that little girl at the door um, for a lot of your years later on so when people do come knocking you know it's like this dragon comes out because you don't know whether you have to fight or whether you have to fly because you're just like well if i'm if i just be a be a biatch then and you hang around then maybe we can figure something out but if you don't then now i know you weren't meant to be here anyway but because of the hurt that was created um, when you when you were younger, you you're still that little girl. Like even even now, like because that little girl's still there, you know, just trying to fit in, um, just trying to be there. And and I think it's massive that you you said that. Um, you know, you just end up with this mask on because you don't know what to do because we live in a world now where people constantly want things instantly you know we, mm. we live in um, social media you know instantly you can post something instantly you can hurt somebody you know yeah. now like I know back in those days um, as those things uh, came through with messenger and that uh, you know for a lot of people young people now it's so easy to instantly be bullied or instantly yeah. um, be abused and and I think it's it's awesome that you talk about that. And I'd love to for you to explain more about maybe some environments or some situations where you had to put the mask on because you just didn't know where you kind of fit in or 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 the reasons mm. why you had to put the mask on. Yeah. Um to be honest, I've I I put the mask on all the time, especially if I don't know people. If I don't know people, I'm going to put the mask on because that little girl that you once talked, that I once spoke about, and then you touched on, um, you know, she's gone through all these things with um, people bullying, and she's gone through all these things with, um, you know, trusting people, letting them in, and then doing not so good things to her. So, me as a woman now, um, I've only just like kid you not the last five weeks I've only just learnt this and I'm still learning 
Um, the thing about me is, yeah, I'll put my guard up. I'll put the mask on. Mm. But for me, um, like I tell myself every day, and this may sound like a big ego, but I'm, I believe I'm a good person. I'm a good, genuine person. So it's hard when you're a good person and you're a trusting person and you've been crapped on so many times, it's hard to put that guard up and be a bit of a bitch. Um, because you're also a good person, right? So you don't want to be like, nah, I can't just be like, mm, nah, I don't like you. Like, it's yeah. not going to work. Mm. You know, you give them a little bit of, you let them in a little bit, and then when you know that it's not okay, then you pull yourself, you pull yourself back a bit. Mm. Um, for the times I've had to mask, um, uh, I'm not too sure I'm trying to think of a situation, but... Um, Actually, just recently, just recently, I had to mask. Um, I during lockdown, second yeah. week of lockdown, first and second week, no good. I was no good whatsoever. But I jumped on um, this workout, Zoom workout with um, some girls, and you know, I'm talking away like, um, yeah, how, how's your day, Lars? What are you up to today? Oh, yeah, no, days awesome it's been such a good day today you know such um good weather eh? like you try and take it off you so yeah, it's like yeah. it's such weather, eh? what, what did you guys get up to on this weather like man can't get over this weather um you know you just you you find you find ways you find little things like 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 i just said you know i, I still talk like i'm all good and i'll change it over to like the weather or yeah. You know, you guys did mean in that session. Far out, all that energy. I need some of that energy. Yeah. Um, little do they know that I've just had a big breakdown mm. and I have not been sleeping. <laughs> you know, slept two hours during that night and got up and did a workout with them. Um, yeah. So, yeah, d d if that explains. Yeah, no, 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 fully. I, I fully get you there. And, and I think um, a good point that you did touch on um, without even explaining it was... I think here in, in our country, and, and I've spoken uh, quite a bit about this um, over the last week or so, is about the tall poppy syndrome and where, you know, there comes a point where you can be too humble and then there's also a point where people feel like I can't back myself too much because then people are going to come in and be like, chop my legs off because now I'm, now, because I'm backing myself too much, I'm all of a sudden like cocky. But actually, in actual fact, I'm just confident about what I can bring to the table. And if I don't speak that into my own life, then who am I to even be out here? You know, so I, I, I think that's maybe kind of like what, what you're kind of talking about. And, and I think it's, it's a huge problem here here in our country. What do you think? Um, oh, I 200 I agree um it's something that i've actually never spoken about because i um i i i hate to talk about myself like i yep. really hate to talk about myself um anyone that knows me um i once um ran a gym up until six months ago and my members they they you know they bloomin loved me they were 
all about lies and they praised me and um, people still do that um, with me talking about mental health and helping them like with training and whatnot. Um, yeah. But I'm like, no, 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 like, no, nah, no, like, you know, I don't know how to really respond or I'm like, no, 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 that's not yeah. me. That's all you, yeah. you know, you're yeah. a great person. Thank you for your kind yeah. words. Reflecting. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, I definitely think it is a problem and I deal with that now. Um, I do not take, um, being praised or um, any nice messages compliments. towards yep. compliments. Sorry, that's the word. Um, <laughs> I because I I'm yeah, but I'm scared. I'm scared yeah. that like people are going to be like, and and I shouldn't. This is another thing that I'm trying to teach myself is not to give a shit about what anyone thinks. You know, yeah. if people know me, they know me, and they'll know that I don't talk about myself. They know I'm not about that. Um, and this is what I'm trying to teach myself because I need to acknowledge these people. I need to um, take compliments. Yeah. Um, but for me, I'm like, if I start taking these compliments and I start backing myself and being more confident, I start being yeah. this confident woman and this powerful woman up here, yeah. people are going to look at me and be like, who the fuck is she? Like, who, yeah. who does she think she is? Like, look at her. Look, look at her go now. Like, you know, she's gone from like, oh, thank you, like, that's yeah. okay. But now she's like, oh, I'm yeah. Miss Big Girl. <laughs> and, I, and I get afraid of that. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm my own worst enemy with that because, yeah, I just um, – but I also am, you know, I shouldn't be because here I am trying to, tell, like, teach people and guide people on mental health, mm. and I should be, you know, embracing that, and I should be letting it all out. Yeah. Um, not being afraid I shouldn't I shouldn't and and this is the problem it's people that make you feel like this yeah you know this is where we got to change people's mindsets like who cares if people if someone wants to talk about themselves who cares if Kanye West wants to fucking love himself more than anyone in the world like yeah. who cares if you've got yeah. nothing nice to say then shut up like don't yeah. say it at all because then it'll help someone with tall poppy syndrome or someone like yeah. myself be able to embrace all these um, compliments and talk yes. even more confidently and have more confidence in myself. Like, yeah. yeah, I talk about mental health. I'm open about all of that, um, you know, but I am my, I'm, I'm, I'm a person who runs off confidence. Yeah. And how do anyone knows that? Only pro pro probably my coaches are yeah. the only ones that were all my teammates that have played against, played with me. Um, but yeah, it's a big issue. It's a big issue because then, you know, you've um, actually, I think, um, what's his name? He touched on tall poppy syndrome. Um, I forgot his name. He's a fighter. <laughs> I shouldn't really forget his name, but um, yeah, he touched on it not so long ago. After oh, my, oh, Israel. You're talking about Israel. Israel. That's, what, that's the name. Yeah. He, um, and it was really cool. I loved what he spoke about. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no. If that if that answers your question on that, yeah. uh, no, cool. And, and yeah. you know, I, I just think it's uh, something that a lot a lot of uh, young people um, they have to go through and and face on the daily, you know, and and going to school and um, having to try and compete for people's attention solely because because of that. And then I also think um, you know you talked about your your Tongan background. Um, I think it's a major thing in Pacific Island culture as well, where 
you know, they're just over humble, you know, and, and for me, like, this is my personal opinion. Um, it's annoying because, um, <laughs> you know, you've got to back yourself, you know, and, you know, and, and, and we're so trained and ingrained to be this super humble person that you end up not being able to reach your full or true potential because you don't want to be the kid at the front of the class. You don't want to um, be the number one in, in the testing because once you get there, then people are going to mock you and all these mm. things. Um, it stops you from being your absolute best. And I think a lot of things like anxiety um, can easily build off that because in your mind, you know, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm talking about myself here at, at school. I didn't try hard enough, but I dumbed myself down so I could fit in with certain people, you know, and, and, and I think that's um, something that's pretty common for, for young people these days is that, oh, like, it's not cool to be smart or it's not cool to be the first one and just stupid things like that, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I fully, I, um, actually, I've got a really good example about that. Um, yeah. You just reminded me. So um, <laughs> I got taught how to use use a fend back yeah. in, um, uh, when was it, a couple of years ago, I played yeah. seven. And, um, yeah. I got taught how to use a fend and, yeah, I really banged a girl's face. Um, <laughs> and um, I've still got the photos of this day. Um, the, yeah, it was it was really cool. Um, and for me, like it, like I said, you know, you don't want to talk about yourself. And so every game after every game, we went around the circle and we talked about a positive and a negative. And yep. I'm like, oh, man, I'm and I'm I'm actually quite a negative person. Um, in a way, not in a oh, how do I explain it? But in a way where like I don't like to talk about myself and be positive about myself. Um, yeah. that's how I mean it. But anyway, um, positive came around <laughs> and I remember just saying, yeah, no, i um, got some good runs, um, had nothing to do with my fend. And then yeah. the whole time just went, um, what about that fend? Are you not going to talk about that fend as a positive? <laughs> like, come on, Lars. Yeah. Um, and I was just like, oh yeah, yeah. Like dimmed it down, you know? And, and like you said, you know how you just said, like, it's actually quite annoying. Yep. Like some of my teammates were like, "Oh, like are you are you for real?" Like, <laughs> like they were annoyed. Like, yep. fucking own own that shit. Yeah, like you yeah. know you. Yeah, it was. Um, so that 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 was a moment of that. Yeah. <laughs> no, that yeah. So now, I, yeah. So can can yeah. you um can you touch on maybe some of the um, uh, mental struggles that you had um once you started coming into maybe. Um, kind of like the professional environment, maybe some of the the mental, like, I don't know, like maybe some of the pressures that you might have faced. I, I don't know. Like, can you talk about how did you deal with um, your mental when, when you entered when you entered the professional arena, I guess? Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, so... Oh gosh, um, around rugby or yeah, or just yeah, just in general, like either sport or, yeah. or work, like you know, because obviously, um, you know, a lot of what you talked about, um, you know, now you're now you're um, growing up, but now you're in bigger, 
um, and, and pressure kind of environments where you you have to deliver. And like, like you mentioned, um, as a coach, but also as a player. So now you're having to deliver. How? What kind of uh, self-talk or where were you in terms of self-talk um, during these times? Yeah, so um, I'll touch on um, my rugby days because, um, yeah, that uh, was a major um, issue for me, mental health, during my rugby time um, and still up until um, just before lockdown. Yeah. Um, you know, I basically wasn't even able to get out of bed, couldn't leave my house. Leaving my house was a major that, – that was – I was winning that day if I left my house. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, no, 2016 I came um, – that's when I first opened up and I did my boxing fight. And I actually wasn't going to um, continue on with, I started sevens back in 2013. Um, and I actually wasn't going to continue playing sevens because I just lost all confidence. Um, I thought that, you know, um, I, can, I can barely get out of bed. I can barely turn up to trainings um, because I'm just in a whole other world. I couldn't even explain. And you get to those points where you can't even explain. And so for me, if I can't explain... I look like an idiot. I no, no one's gonna understand. No one's gonna understand me and be like, "What? You can't explain why you couldn't come to training." Yeah. Like, what even is that? And yeah. I'm like, "Well, actually, I deal with depression and anxiety, and not like still no one really understood." Yeah. You know, um, there were a few times where I couldn't come to trainings, and um <laughs> my coaches if they listen to this they're gonna be like, oh shit lara um i actually made up a couple of things you know my daughter was sick she wasn't sick yeah. i was sick yeah you know i couldn't i couldn't even leave my house let alone turn up to a training and have to think and have to yeah. deal with facing people and talk to people yeah um but yeah no um i had amazing coaches um they're helping me right up until this day um, Mars and B rent, they're absolutely amazing, and that's what you need. You need supportive coaches. If you don't have supportive coaches, you you either got to be mentally tough up here, you just got to see it through, um, or you got to you got to really ask for help. Um, and this is something a major one where I would love to mentor coaches on this because I feel like coaches don't have enough knowledge of mental health to be helping people in the state, um, you know. Um, I made um, a Black Ferns development, I made Black Ferns development one year. I didn't go to the camps. I used my injury, which wasn't even a major injury. Um, this is the first time I'm actually talking about this too. Um, so just bear with me because I can get a bit emotional. Um, I made up that my hamstring wasn't any good. But really, I couldn't even back myself. Like, my anxiety was just like, I don't know if you can do this, Lars. Like, you know, it was, it was like talking, I was like talking to myself. I was yep. putting myself down. And then came along the, you know, I started going back down into depression and um, just being like, you know, you're not good enough for this. You're not ready for this. But I've been training my ass off for the last two years. Yep. And then I finally got into a position where I was nearly going to be able to get a black jersey. Um, would, yeah. Would, 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 yeah. Would you say, would you say that um, you were 
uh, self-sabotaging yourself? Um, and like, what could you attribute it to now? Like, you know, as, as you mentioned, you know, what, 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 what was, what was your main triggers? If, if you mind me asking that, do you, I, just, I never thought I was good enough. I had no self-belief, yep. no self-belief, no confidence, um, low self-esteem. And I didn't have, you know, I, I was seeing a therapist back then. Yeah. Um, but I believe I wasn't seeing the right one for me. I was just seeing anyone that would just listen and give me a little bit of advice and go away. Um, I believe I wasn't doing anything and everything to help me back then. And I also, going back, when was it? 2000 and, 2016. 2016. 2017, one of them. Um, going back, even just a few years ago, you know, yeah. we're not talking about mental health like we talk about it nowadays. Mm. Um, sports aren't talking it like they're not. They weren't talking about it back then like they are now. It was only what a year ago that TJ Perinara started talking about it. Yeah. Um, and then all of a sudden, everyone wants to talk about it. Yeah. So I didn't have the right sources around me. I didn't have the right um, support where I could have been like, well, actually. I'm really struggling with this and this. Mm. Um, how do you think, you know, New Zealand rugby or Quinn rugby can help me mm. um, get to where I need to be? Um, yep. I'm actually feeling this way, but I want to be there. I want that black jersey, mm. but I just can't. I can't get over that line. Yep. I can't do it. Something's stopping me. Like, I would, like, for me, I know there's girls now that I play with that actually suffer from this and I actually help them to this yeah. day. I help them nowadays. And um, I wish I had that. You know, yeah. I wish I had someone that could be like, Lars, I believe in you. We all believe in you. You don't need to go to this camp and be number one. You don't need to go to this camp and be the best, have the best fitness, have the best tackling technique. Mm. You go there because someone's given, someone's seen you play, they've seen your you know, your talent, they've seen your speed. Um, no one, no one had that. And no one actually, actually asked me, um, as soon as I just mentioned injury, that was it. It was never, there was no one to be like, hey, Lars, you're okay. Is there something, is there, is there something else going on? Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, like that, that was just, sorry, speaking more of a coach side and athlete yep. side. Because cool. um, I think it's, so important nowadays for coaches to actually understand this. Um, but you know, as as sorry, I'm going back to me even taking the field. That was really hard. It was so hard. Um, I I refer to it as um, being stuck in quicksand. Yeah. And really panicking and not knowing what to do. And yep. that, that was me before every single game. Didn't matter, like, what the game before, like, if I had a really good game the game before, didn't mm. matter on the next game. Before yep. every game, that's how I felt. Mm. And I had, I did end up having someone by my side who um, kind of could understand me. And yep. she was always like, Lars, you've got this. We've got this, sis. You know, mm. let's just go out there. Don't think about anything else. Just do your job. Do mm. what you need to do. And then when you're, you know, game's over, game's over. Or when, you know, it's your time to sub, it's your yep. time to sub. Um, and so that really helped me. 
like mm. having someone who understood and could give me those little pep talks. Yeah. Um, and I was a big person on once I made one mistake, it was mm. game over for me. Yeah. I couldn't get right back in the game. I made a mistake. I just stuffed everything up. Mm. Um, until actually two years ago, I've seen my therapist um, for the first time. Um, she's a sports psych. Mm. Um, I still see her to this day. She's amazing. Um, she helped me big time. And she got me out of that phase of making a mistake and just blaming myself and being down the whole, like for the rest of the game. Yeah. Um, I'm now at a stage where I can make a mistake and be like, meh, everyone makes mistakes. I've just made a mistake. Now I just yeah. got to carry on and keep doing my job. Like there's nothing yeah. I can do now about that. Mm. Um, yeah. So she gave me little bits of homework like that. Um, you know, um, parking it. Her big thing is called parking it. So what I had to do is, you know, I had to park my mistake, park it up there, leave it there, play the game. And if I cared about it so much, I can go back to the parking lot and I can figure out how to get my keys out of the car. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's, 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 that's awesome like um you know there, there's there's a few things that come to mind when you when you mention that and and going back to um you know you seeing a sports like um i i think that's awesome and and, and it's a major um anybody um out there that hasn't used a therapist or psych psychologist or uh, psychotherapist before um I know that the hardest thing is is finding the right one. Like I, I know too, you know, myself using counselling as well. You know, it's I always say to people, it's like a marriage. You know, you're not going to marry the first person you see. Some people do, but <laughs> in terms of like, <laughs> in terms of therapy, you have to figure out, you know, do I connect with this person? Um, am I getting buy-in from this person? Am I learning from this person? And once you get that connection, you can grow and you can start working yourself out of the funk, out of the out of the hole. And and like you were saying, like quicksand. And until you until you understand that, you you could like see a therapist, might not work out for you, and then you're like, nah doesn't work for me therapy doesn't work for me so i think for for people out there that are listening it's important you for you to understand that you're not always going to connect with the with the best therapist straight away you know and sometimes uh, therapists that might might have worked for you um might not work for me even though you recommended it you know but mm. it's, it's important that you keep um pursuing um checking out other therapists other um psychotherapists um psychologists all that kind of stuff to find out what's going to work for you second thing is um i thought was massive and and something that i heard uh, i think it was richie mccaw a few years ago talk about when they make mistakes in the game they the only thing they say when they come together is next task and i've also heard karen reed talk about this as well and then like obviously on the hype of um the last dance the michael jordan um, documentary <laughs> he talks a lot about how you can't you don't know until you've made that shot 
You know, like he's he's not ever going to question himself about a shot that he's never taken, you know. And although people see all the um, cool game-winning shots that he did, there's heaps of shots that he missed as well to not win the game. And he and they, I remember them interviewing him and he was like, well, I didn't know whether it was going to go in either. And if it missed, it missed. But if I didn't shoot it, then we wouldn't have even had a chance to start with. So I, I think, you know, you can attribute a lot of that to, to what you're saying and um, in terms of your mental state and for those people out there that are coming into that environment, I think it's, you know, you, you touched on some pretty good points there. And um, so moving on from there, can we um, maybe dive into, um, I also think you mentioned something about work and how you were in a work environment and you're in a work environment up into a specific point and then something happened. Can, can we touch on that? Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, I was in a work environment um, when I first, well, when I first came out about it um, and I had no choice because I was at a point where I was always ringing in sick um, because I couldn't get out of bed and I um, my behavior started to change at work as well. Like I was snapping, like anyone that um, just picked on me, I just snapped. Um, you know, I would, I would deal with, um, you know, little things here and there, people saying, you know, little comments here and there. But when it starts to get out of hand, I, you know, it was, it was silly. And because I was actually um, one of the youngest in my team and, um, yeah, got to a point where I just I couldn't do it anymore. Um, and then I was coming to work after I had opened up and I had people um, in the other um, pod, whatever you call it, you know, ask me, oh, Lara, you're right, you know, you've been unwell. Is there anything we can do for you? And I'm like, how do you know? Like, how do you know that I'm unwell? Like, how do you know, like, that I need someone right now? Yeah. Um, little did I know, these ladies, like, they thought that this was all funny to them. They thought that I was just a young girl that didn't want to come to work and was just a typical young person who didn't take work seriously. Mm-hmm. And so they're speaking out loud. They're talking about, yeah, no, nah, she's, you know, full of shit. She just doesn't want to come to work, you know, blah, blah, blah. Talking about that stuff out loud. Um, and... Yeah, it actually went against company policy and whatnot. Um, but I was at a point where I couldn't fight that. I didn't have energy. I then mm. fell into clinical depression. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, these ladies were still talking about me um, out loud. Um, I had other people in different teams message to say this is happening. You know, I think you should um, address this and um, do something with the company and blah, blah, blah. I was like... I don't give a shit about that right now. I'm like, I need help. Like, (laughs) but that toxic environment of gossiping and assuming Mm -hmm. assumptions, communication, that is a downfall of mental health nowadays. Mm -hmm. Um, I was just talking about this today. Like, you know, if we communicated better, there wouldn't be as much bullshit or there wouldn't be as much um, hell for people that do deal with mental health. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, no, like I fell into a depression. Um, I was actually clinically depressed. 
Um, so I ended up in a clinic um, and I was nursed at home for eight weeks. Mm. Eight weeks, which, you know, not only, not only was I going through depression so bad, I also had no income, mm. um, had my partner, our two kids were renting. Um, we, to the point where we had to go eat at his parents' house because we couldn't afford to buy food because he was the only one working. Mm. So that put a lot of stress on something else and mm. which made me feel like I was being a burden. Yeah. And I'm like, man, my husband's trying to feed us and he's trying to support us. And here I am, useless Lara. I can't even get to work. Like I can't even bring in any income. And I'm not a person who, I'm usually the breadwinner. <laughs> like I, I'm, I'm bringing home the bacon. Yeah. Um, but you know, and so during this time where I was dep like, I was being looked after and, um, yeah, nursed at home. Um, I was talking to people and I was talking to my mum, um, and I just said, look, I, I don't think I can return to this, this place. It is yeah. not okay. So, um, I had to go in one day to like get my stuff. Um, after I was, you know, all cleared to go back, which was after 12 weeks. So 12 weeks, I didn't go to work um, because of what I was going through. Um, one, I was going through it because of personal reasons um, that had triggered me. Mm. Um, family and relationship. Mm. And then the third one came in and it was the toxic work environment. And that's where I am. That's where we are most of our time, right? We spend most of our time, yep. time of our lives, at work. Yep. Um, and so, yeah, that that topped it off. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm having to deal with this, 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 and now the place where I work, like stuff that I'm not going to go back and put myself through that. Yep. Um, so while I was um, at home and trying to recover and get the help I needed. I also reached out um, to my mum and was like, you know, can you please help me like get out of PI, but I need to go into a job. Um, I can't just leave. I need to go into a job. Um, so my mum owns a business and she deals with other businesses. And yeah, she reached out to someone who she's really close with. And yeah, I went in for an interview. Um, I wasn't my best. And, and that's what I was worried about because, you know, I'm still dealing with what I was dealing with. And yeah. I actually didn't tell them that. Um, I actually didn't tell them that I dealt with mental health um, and, you know, that's actually illegal, um, not telling your, works, your workplace that. Um, and so I didn't tell them that. And at the time I thought, like, you know, it's not illegal. I can do this. I'm trying to make myself feel better. <laughs> um, and, yeah, so for me, I was like, I can't go back and work in this toxic environment. Um, and so what I did is I used the rest of my sick leave to, um, what do you call it? I had, what was it? Two weeks notice. So I had about two weeks of sick leave. And so I used my sick leave. I was doing anything and everything not to go back into that environment. I didn't care if anyone had an apology. I didn't care about anything. I just didn't want to be in that workspace. Yeah. Um, and I knew that if I stayed there, one, it would either, I would either think of taking my own life yeah. because I couldn't handle everything. Mm. Two, I would, I don't know, probably be arrested. <laughs> um, something serious like that because I wouldn't be yeah. able to handle 
So I knew that I had to get out of there. Yeah. Um, and it didn't, I didn't even care what job I had that I was going into. As long as it was bringing in some kind of income, then I was okay. Yeah. So yeah, um, I had to do that and I had to get out of there and surround myself with a better work environment. Mm. Um, and I did. I found a really good good um, company to work for, a smaller company. So I went from this big corporate um, company to a smaller company that wasn't so corporate. Yeah. Uh, and it was good. It was nice. You know, the, you didn't have to have any, there were no high expectations. There was no like, oh, I've got to dress like this. I've got to have my hair like this and, and my nails done or whatnot because it yeah. wasn't the corporate life, you yeah. know. Um, and that was cool. And it was a, it, the culture, real, mm. real family culture, mm. good values. So, oh. Yeah. That's 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 so powerful. Like that. Thanks for sharing that. And and for for people out there that are listening and, and that are tuning in, uh, work bullying is a real thing. And there's plenty of um, helplines um, that you can contact um, for advice on that because you should never have to go to work and um, deal with that type of pressure. You know, mm-hmm. it's. Times are tough as it is, and you shouldn't have to go there and made to feel uncomfortable. And you know, there's plenty of people you can reach out to, uh, and there's plenty of services out there that can help in in that regard. The other thing too, um, if we can just rewind a little bit, for those people that don't know what um, clinical um, depression looks like, in terms of care, what did it look like for, for you, like? you know, what, what was going on during that eight weeks in terms of care? Yeah, yeah, good, um, good question. Actually, I've actually never been asked that or never actually explained it properly. Um, so once you get to that clinical stage, it's almost um, nearly hospital time for you. For me, it was. Um, and I was so close to it. Um, so I, was, I had a nurse come over um, every day um, to check up on me. Um, sometimes I would stay most of the day, so they would stay... Um, until, so they would come when my partner would go to work and they'd be back, um, they'd, sorry, and then they'd leave when he'd you know, nearly be home or, or get home. Wow. Um, yeah, because I was so, um, the things that I was going through, you know, I was hearing things, I was seeing things, I was making up scenarios that I would go a bit crazy. Um, shouldn't really say you go a bit crazy, but, you know, I really got to a point where I was like skipping out um, mm. that I think someone was outside mm. or um, someone that I was really, really scared of. I used to think that they were at my house yeah. or watching me. Um, mm. Yeah, it's really um, crazy to think about it all now. Um, but yeah, no, they did that. And then when, it, when they felt like I was starting to be okay, um, I had to go to the clinic in Waitakere and I had to check in there once a week. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it got less and less, but yet that's, that's what clinical depression is. Um, yeah. and like I said, I nearly got to that hospital stage because of yeah. what was happening with me, like seeing yeah. things, hearing things. Mm. Um, but la- I was lucky enough to stay in my home and I, I actually really, really, really begged them um, to please let me stay in my home because um, my daughter and I, we are inseparable mm. um, and yep. if I was to leave anywhere, she, yeah, 
um, it would have been hard on her. Yeah. Uh, even though I say that, you know, and here I am, like, not making anything easier for myself, but I couldn't control that. You yeah. know, I wish I had control over that. Mm. Um, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. That's yeah, that's, that's that, you know, th thank you so much for sharing that because I know a lot of uh, people out there, you know, they, they don't understand um, the levels that you can go to when you are um, clinically depressed or you do have to check into facilities and, and things like that. And, and a lot of times, sometimes when it becomes out of your control, it gets a lot more scarier, you know, like because now you have no control over what could happen. And so during, so when you, when you first got clinically depressed um, or, or when they did diagnose you, did you, like, how did you feel? Like, was it freaky? Um, even just the thought of um, not being able to stay at home anymore, did that make you want to um, get better faster? Like, did you force yourself to get better faster because of that? Or, like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So um, when I knew that, like, you know, I could no longer go to work and someone was going to have to come and look after me, um, it freaked me out. Um, I got, you know, my biggest fear is actually, um, being locked up and in one of those suits yeah. and not being able to, like, and no one like being able to, um, to believe me or understand me and yeah. understand like, you know, what I'm really going through and not think that I'm, I'm this crazy person, um, that's mentally unwell. And that's my biggest fear. And that's what went through my head straight away. I was like, oh my gosh, they're going to, they're, I always had this thing, like, it's not even, it was even up until, like, maybe, like, a year ago, I had this thing where, like, people are playing tricks on me, you're playing tricks on me, like, you say that you're going to come look after me, look after me at my house, but mm. you're just going to come to my house, and you're going to put me in one of those stray jacket yeah. things, you're going to take me away, like, you guys are, you guys aren't, you guys are playing with me, you, yeah. you know, and, and that's what went through my head straight away, so I was like, you need to sort your shit out, Lara. You need to like, you need to really sort your shit out because if you don't, you're gonna, you are gonna end up there. You're going to, you know, you're you're gonna be away from Kalia, my daughter. Um, you're gonna, yeah, you're just gonna end up in a place where you're most afraid of being, and you don't want to end up there. And so, um, yeah, there were many nights where I just fought so hard. Um, to try and sleep and to try and block out all these things that were happening in my head. Um, you know, I couldn't completely just put a stop to it, mm. but I had some little, I had a little bit of control and, um, you know, we, a lot of people with mental health, they'll say, oh, you know, but we have no control over what we do. Mm. Um, I believe, yep, to some, to a point, but mm. I still believe we have some kind of control mm. and, that's the control I had to take that day was sort your shit out, Lara. Yeah. You know, you need to snap back out of it. But yeah. then three some nights I couldn't even sleep or like, you know, I'd be in the house and I'm like, I can just like, oh, gives me shivers now. Like yeah. I could feel like I thought someone was like outside or like coming for me. Mm. Um, and like those moments, you know, I couldn't help. And like at the, once I'm snapped out of that, Mm. Um, 
you know, be the nurse or be my partner, you know, holding me and telling me it's okay, it's okay, it's okay, like everything's going to be okay. That was my safe place. And so when I stepped out of there, I'm like, oh, my God, oh, my gosh, like, you know, freaking out again because I'm like, oh, my gosh, I just, you know, had a scenario again. And so, like, I'm going to go into this stray jacket. But that see, that's something that I couldn't control. Um, But I was trying – as long as I knew myself that I was really trying, really trying to get right, um, like there will be days where I'm just in the shower and I'm just yelling out for help. Like I just want help and I want all of this to stop. And um, that's what I do a lot of the time is just rock, rock. And I just be like, I just want help. I just want, I just want this to end. Like I just, yeah, yeah. sorry. I've just got the shivers now and yeah. it just makes me, yeah, yeah. It's, I've actually really never ever talked about any of this yeah. quite openly. So, no, that, yeah. that, thank you so much for for sharing. Like, we truly appreciate um, your your realness and, and and your rawness because you know, as as you can imagine, there's uh, plenty of people out there that are either going through that phase now or going through that process now. And you know, we we appreciate you for for being real, like hundred percent. And um, like moving moving forward. Um, from there what what was the I guess recovery like because now you've been through the eight-week process like how do you because because you took you talked about you went from having the nurse there every day um, and then there was like a graduation type process where you checked in once a week what Mm -hmm. what happened after this Um, so yeah basically I had to really start thinking I had to you know have a vision of what mental health was going to look like for me moving forward and how I was going to identify triggers how I was going to um, work through those times where something triggered me and I was you know off again um, with all this um, so yeah, I basically had to, you know, set a goal, set a goal. That's what I had to do. Set a goal yeah. and have a vision for myself. Yeah. Um, and that was, I don't want to ever be in that space again. I don't yeah. want to be, I don't ever want to be thinking of like the things that I was thinking about or the feeling that, that I was getting. Um, yeah, like I had to basically set a goal. My recovery was learning how to, um, deal with different situations like if I got into a toxic environment again with workspace you know and I have I've been in another two since then um, and my way of dealing with it was communication yeah if communication didn't work then I'm out of there yeah I don't care I don't care if like it sounds really bad but and my partner and I have spoken about it before as well like unfortunately he's just going to have to you know hold the fort for us or or i would try and look for um work in the meantime yeah to go oh, sorry to go into um so yeah it's happened twice before and so i've got to get out of there straight away otherwise yeah. it's not going to be any good for me um yeah. unfortunately as of late my last um job that i did resign from back in november um i've actually been um unemployed since um because of the state that I got in, um, again, workplace bullying. Um, yeah, it was, it was really bad. 
It was really bad. Um, I basic I had like members over here at my house turning up, bringing me food, bringing yeah. me treats, flowers, money, oh. vouchers um, mm. to go look after myself, money towards my therapist appointment. Mm. Um, people were even in touch with my mum. My mum is such a social person that yeah. my friends become her friends and I have yeah. no idea how, but that's yeah. what social media does. Um, yeah. But yeah, to the point where that, that's happened and that's why, you know, to this day I'm actually not working. I'm, mm. I'm focusing on me. I'm investing yeah. in me first yeah. um, to get me stronger mm. and get back into the workforce. Yeah. So, um, yeah. No, that, that's, that's amazing. Like, uh, you know, I think we need more people like yourself that one, you know, you can acknowledge that something's not right and two, um, be brave enough to, um, one, um, say it how you need to and then if you don't get a response, then um, obviously uh, moving forward and, and, and that's looking after your mental health and, and honestly, um, big ups to, um, you know, your family, your partner for uh, creating an environment where, you can be there and and you can not and, and that you can feel safe knowing that you know what at the end of the day it's just a job and you know they've created this environment where um you know it's okay for you to to be at home and to be looking after yourself because at the end of the day if Lars is not Lars you know it's it's no good for anybody especially for herself and I think a big uh, thing that we can touch on now is that the hardest thing for people that are struggling um, and, and one of the biggest reasons that I know why people um, hate um, asking for help or reaching out is there's things like burdens and, and, and whatnot but one of the biggest things is is purely because the environment hasn't been created and mm -hmm. You know, there's there's two things that I can think of, and one is, you know, if I if I tell you something, uh, are you gonna tell someone else? You know, like you mentioned about how you know, in 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 that specific work environment, how you thought that you know, man, I'll just be honest, and you know, and then people worry, you know, they they worry about what you're gonna say. Um, who you're going to tell and, and obviously what you're going to do with that information because you know that's the hardest thing about being vulnerable is that you want to be vulnerable but then you're like okay who are you going to tell how can I trust you you know and, and those things they're the hardest things for people to overcome and you know being, being involved now um, for as long as I have been in, in mental health that's that's some of the biggest struggles and if if we knew that the only thing that could overcome worry um was love it's pretty easy and it's pretty straightforward and and i think your family and, and your partner they've executed that real well and they've made it so easy for you um especially um the story that you've told about you know how you beat yourself up so much you know, if you're not working and if you're not doing these things and if you're not like this, they've, they've created an amazing environment and, and a safe place for you to be like, actually, you know what, it's cool.
you know, I can do this and, and that you can push through. And, you know, we're, I mean, from me and, and, and the team here, like, we're super proud of you, of, of what you've overcome and still yet to overcome. And if we can um, ask, if you were to um, tell yourself at the lowest that you've been, a piece of advice, what would you say? Like I always say to people now that deal with it, mm. believe in yourself mm. like your closest people believe in you. Mm. Believe in yourself because this isn't this isn't gonna be forever. Mm. This isn't gonna be forever. It's just a season that's passing through mm. and you're gonna get through the season. Yeah, it's not gonna be easy, but you're gonna get through the season. It's just a season. Mm. So, um, yeah, that's that's one thing that I um, definitely say to people all the time. Believe in yourself. Just like I, I actually say from me as well, because I truly, I get people messaging me all the time because of when I post up my stories or when I chat about mental health. And I say the same thing. Believe in yourself like your closest people believe in you and like I believe in you. I believe in you. I believe in you because of, a, B, and C. Mm. I may not even know this person, yeah. but for them just to open up like that and trust me mm. and tell me they've never opened up before mm. or, you know, they don't talk about this, that's major. That's a privilege. Yeah. Um, and I know that I need to really think about what I'm going to say to them. Mm. And so that's what I would say to me. I'd say mm. myself to believe in myself because I've been at the bottom I've been in the place where I no longer want to be here anymore. Mm. I've been in the moments where I'm like, this is it. There's mm. no coming back. Mm. I'm, I've taken too many pills. Mm. I'm hanging up here. This is my moment. Mm. Um, but I really wish, and I really, now that you say that, I would tell myself, get the hell down. Mm up those pills because girl you need to believe in yourself just like I believe in you and I truly truly will always always say that to someone because that's what I feel like that's what it comes down to they don't believe that they can get out of this space they don't believe they believe that it's all over they believe it's game over and that's how I felt the last time I just felt it was game over I'm not winning in anything Mm. So, um, yeah, that's that's what I would say. Yeah, amazing. That's that's so powerful. Uh, and just before we do go, a um, couple more questions. What's what what's what's the recovery plan look like for you? Uh, you know, when when you do stumble um, and and you do fall over now, what are some of your go tos in terms of like? Boom, this has happened. Okay, cool. I need to go for a walk or whatever. What what are your go-tos as part of yeah. your recovery plan? Who do you call or what do you do? Like give us give us a little insight. Yeah, cool. I'm I'm smiling right now because this is something I wanted to touch on. Um this is massive. So for my recovery, so I've um fallen into depression a few times. Mm. 
um, well, I shouldn't actually say fallen into depression. I deal with depression, right? Yeah. Um, but I've had clinical depression and then I've had severe depression. So severe depression is just before clinical depression, right? Um, where you're just, you're really at that point of being really low. Um, and so that's been me the last six months, severe depression. And um, you figure it out. You're not going to figure it out the first time realistically you and I both know that you're not just going to have depression once and fought like get into a really bad space yeah. once. No, no, no. <laughs> Unfortunately it's going to happen again and you're just going to have to learn and grow from that. Yeah. Um, and I've been doing that since I was 14 years old. Mm. I'm so damn sick of this ugly illness. Being me. Like I'm like, you're not going to beat me anymore, bitch. Like, you need to get yeah. Fox out of here. Yeah. I'm done with you. I'm done yeah. with, like, me being in a good space and you come in and take my limelight. Like, yeah. you know. Um, so a big thing for me that I have learned in this process of um, this time of having severe depression um, is consistency. Yeah. So for me, over the years, I've fallen into this place I've gone and got the help I needed to, gone to the doctors, gone and seen a therapist, mm. practiced my breathing. But then once I feel like I'm doing a little bit better, I'm like, yeah, cool. I'm good to go again. I don't need this anymore. I don't need yeah. to see the counselor. I don't need to be taking my pills anymore. Mm. I'm, I'm all good. I'm ready to go again. Mm. Yeah, okay, cool. You're ready to go for what, three months? And you're back down, girlfriend. Because yeah. <laughs> you ain't been consistent. You think yeah. you're all good. And I highly recommend, wait, that's not the word. I truly believe the, the right way to recovery is consistency. Mm. And in the last five weeks, I've actually been doing a personal development course mm. and doing some seminars. And I've never, ever, ever done this before. Mm. Um, you know, of course, like, you know, what, 2020 now? They don't really have this stuff like 10 years ago or they don't teach you, they don't educate you on this kind of stuff, right? For me, investing in myself before was, oh, I'm going to go get my hair done. I'm going to get my nails done. This is going to make me feel so much better about my mental health. I'm going to go buy some new clothes, the latest shoes, mm. and I'm going to be I'm going to be recovered. Yeah, mm. no, nah, it's not self-investment. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I thought was self-investment yeah. but I finally finally learned it's crazy how I'm talking about this and it's only five weeks ago I rung my maid up who does personal development coaching and I begged her I said look I know we're in a bubble we're in lockdown but I don't give a fuck about that right now like I need to live I need like I got a family to live for my daughter is here and she's telling me she doesn't want to be here because mm. I'm crazy like, can you help me? Yeah. yeah. And um, she was like, sis, don't worry about the bubble. Mm. Um, so I rung, I actually rung um, the helpline yeah. and you were allowed to break your bubble for certain things like that. Mm. Um, so I rung her. Um, she talked me through it. She came to um, my door. We stood two meters apart. I really just wanted to hug her. She wanted to hug me. I'm just crying. I'm crying. I'm like, I don't want to be here. Like, you know, help me. Please help me. Um, and she's like, it's okay. We're going to get you better. Okay, today you start this. And she told me what I'm going to start. Um, and 
the one the first thing she said to me was you need to be honest with yourself you need to be honest with yourself lara you need to let out everything you can't mask anything you can't like pretend that everything is okay but it's not mm. and you need to be consistent you need to do this course like you can't just do it and then think that you're okay and then stop doing it and i said to her that's what my and then that's when i i um i actually figured this problem out myself um about consistency um i have another friend who actually like we actually think that we were sisters in the lifetime before <laughs> because we are very similar and um, we go through similar things and i was saying to her i was like i can't say her name but i was like you know what you you know what our problem is is that we you know go through this bad time then we think you know we get all this help and all our friends support us and whatnot and then we kind of like think that we're okay and then we're like yeah sweet we're okay let's leave it at that no one needs to help us anymore we don't need to go to counseling we don't need to you know go for runs or whatever anymore um and i said consistency so i'm really crap on this consistency thing you know i'll start this thing and i have i have kind of like um, start, I've started it, I've been doing it for the last five weeks, but there have been times where I haven't got my homework in on time. Yep. And that's, that's typical Lars, but also, you know, but in the back of my mind, I'm like, girl, what did I tell you about consistency? Mm -hmm. If you ain't going to be consistent, you're going back down to where you don't like to be. So you mm -hmm. need to make sure your ass is inconsistent. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, that's been my thing. And um, when I know that I'm plateauing a bit, like the last few days, I've actually been plateauing um, and been in that not so good space. Um, I run. I'm a I'm a bigger girl than what I was six months ago. Um, 10, 12 kgs heavier. Um, and and I thought at first, like beginning of lockdown, I'm like, I can't run like I used to. Like I can't run. Mm -hmm. like um but then i tried it and yeah i was you know i've got high expectations for myself i thought i needed to be running in a certain time but i had to remind myself girlfriend you're 12 kgs bigger than what you were before you mm -hmm. don't need to be running at this time as long as you're running then you're helping yourself so yep. keep doing what will usually help you mm -hmm. you know it doesn't matter about time distance whatever as long as you're running mm -hmm. um and so yeah, that's me. That's what I do. That's my medication. I am no longer on medication anymore. Awesome. So um, good. And I love the fact that I can say that, you know, it helps for some people. It doesn't help for some people. Mm. And it didn't really help for me. Mm. Um, so my medication now is training, is working out. Um, mm. But yeah, no, that's, that's um, basically how I get in my recovery, like my recovery stage like now. So I'm doing really well now. Um, I'm in the recovery stage. I just need to be consistent. Yeah. And I need to believe in myself. Yeah. And I need to turn to my medication of running and exercise and make sure I keep at that. That's so good. Like, th thank you so much for sharing that. And, um, you know, it's it's a pretty common question that I that I come across all the time, and you know, people ask all the time. You know, do you ever 
do you ever get healed from from depression and the reason why i say this is obviously on the back of what you've just shared and and the truth is that you don't but the best mm. thing that that you do um figure out and you know on the back of you mentioning consistency is that you just learn how to manage it better you know and that that's why like that's one of my favorite questions i, I love asking people you know what's your recovery plan what does it look like you know and you know, I tell mine to people all the time and, and they laugh, you know, and, um, you know, little things, but they go so far in terms of your mental health. And um, I share mine in schools all the time and kids laugh and they think it's a joke. You know, I, I talk about things like every week I have to go to the barbers and I'm not, it's not because I'm vain. And it's not because, you know, um, of anything like that. It's because I talk to people about when you sit down in that chair, you know, you're talking to your your dude, your guy, you know, he's giving you the fade. And then you get out of that chair and you feel like, like 007, you know, like <laughs> no one can touch me, like come at me, like anything you got, like give yeah. me – give me the worst call right now. I'll answer it. Like, you know, you, you get up with that attitude and a little bit of that swag of like, man, I can take anything right now. And, you know, for me, it's a feeling, you know, and that's, that's one thing. And then obviously um, you mentioned training and everyone knows how psycho I am when it comes to training and things like that. I, I love it. And again, it's complete opposite to what people think I use it for which is you know people think oh it's a body thing it's a you know want to have big guns and whatnot and things like that but it's all mental you know and um the the best thing about you know what you just shared is that you know what people need to understand um or people that are going through a tough time at the moment or are um in a in a depressed state at the at, at the moment is that you need to find what works for you. You know, you need to find that balance and not not, not what Lars does is going to work for you. Maybe not getting a fade every week is going to work for you. It's, it's expensive, but, um, you know, it's, it's, it's expense worth for me, you know, because of the feeling. But everybody's different. You know, like um, I was talking to another guy yesterday. Um, his thing is on the deck in the morning with his two dogs. And, um, you know, everybody's different. So it's important for, for people to know this and just know that, um, you know, depression doesn't go away, but you can manage it better and better on a daily. And just like what Lars said, it's consistency. So just before we, we wrap up, um, one last question. What's a okay, piece sorry. of that? Can I yep. just, um... yeah. Oh, sorry. Yeah, Can I just touch on yeah. something else? Sorry. Yeah, um, you heard me thinking while um, I was doing that, and it's um, a lot of a lot to do with myself and um, my personal development um, yeah. that I've been working on. And I've really found that um, personality, learning your personality, is massive yeah. when it comes yeah. to mental health. You know, um, because like I always touch on, you know, my mental health doesn't define me as a person. No way. How no? And I think that's where a lot of people that deal with mental health, that's 
um, something that they're afraid of too, that they, they think that people are going to think that, oh, you know, I saw blah, 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 I have a meltdown or I saw, um, you know, her, I saw her closed up and she's just in a little corner at, um, at rugby, just sitting there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that doesn't define anyone. That could just be a, someone having a bad day. Someone's nervous for their game, you know. Um, and personality, like, is something massive. You need to learn who you are. You need to learn who, and, and it doesn't just teach, like when you learn that, it also teaches you on how you um, see other people as well. You know, you, you, can't, you become less judgmental. Um, you learn to adapt to people's personalities. And that's where I think a lot of, um, a lot of bullshit stirs when people can't understand people's personalities. You know, um, yeah. Lars is loud. She's always energetic. Some people don't like that, but yeah. hey, you know what? Put your ego to the side and adapt to that. Because do I like that you got resting bitch face? No, but I'm yeah. gonna adapt to that, and I'm I'm not gonna judge you for that because that may be that may just be you, the person that you are. Um, and and this is me, energetic, bubbly, whatever you want to say. But um, I just thought that was just so important to touch on. That's something I really wanted to touch on was personality, yeah. learning your personality and learning other people's personalities. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. No, that, that, that's so good. So, so just before we finish up one last question um, or, or piece of advice, what, what's, what's a piece of advice that you can give um, to young females out there or even males um, that, that are either going through a tough time or, or facing maybe their first ever, um, you know, mental struggle. You know, like you had your first one at 14. Um, I know that kids um, have them at all ages now, but but what's a piece of advice or words of encouragement that you can leave um, some young people on before we wrap up? Yeah, no, um, you know, I'm sure this is said quite a lot now within um, mental health pages and um, mental health advocates, um, but I would... You know, I just want to let you guys know that um, it's okay to not be okay. Um, and sharing your struggles um, does not make you weak. No way. It is far from that. If anything, it makes you courageous. You're a strong person. Um, even if you're just telling, you know what, even if you're just telling your brother or your sister or like your grandma who probably doesn't even understand, you know, like you just letting it out is a major step. Um, and yeah, just, just talk to someone, talk to someone and always just know that it's okay to not be okay. And, um, one thing I always say to my people that message me is that I'm here for you to vent to, I'm here to listen and there is no judgment whatsoever because you know why I've been through it all. I've seen it all. You know, who am I to judge anything? Even if I haven't been through that, who am I to judge? I'm not perfect. If we're all perfect, then yeah. we wouldn't have to deal with this or have this conversation on a podcast right now, you know? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, no, um, it's okay to not be okay. And speaking up does not make you weak. Awesome. Um, well, on, on behalf of the team here at I'm Hope, um, Lars, you know, it was a true honour and um, privilege to have you on our podcast. Uh, thank you for being so real um, and so raw and, and obviously going to some places that um, you've 
like you mentioned, you've never shared ever before. Like we, we feel so um, blessed and honored that you could um, go to those places um, for us um, and understanding that um, you're not only um, healing yourself, but you're also pulling so many people out um, of a very dark place um, here in New Zealand. And, um, you know, for, for you to do that, um, truly commend you on that. Um, we wish you all the best on, on your journey because like anyone um, that's in this game, um, it's, it's a constant journey. And we wish you, um, your fiancé um, and, and your kids and, and your family um, all the best in, in the coming few weeks as, as it gets more exciting um, with your um, self-development and, and also your journey. So um, thank you so much. We truly appreciate you um, for that. And um, everyone else out there tuning in, um, we'll have handles um, for Lars as well so you can reach out have a chat to her if you need to um, and also anyone out there um, if you have had some triggers um, from this podcast um, there will be um, helplines for you to reach out to um, so please um, stay tuned um, other than that the key to life is hope um, continue being that hope um, just the same as last so take care guys um, and, and have a great night cheers It's like I'm stuck in this routine It's like my life's mapped out like a movie And exposed to the naked flame Trying to make the pay Working the shift day to day Living off the undrained takeaways I'm up early when the birds chirp Ever since I wrote my first verse Been working towards making an album Still living in state houses Still working them late hours I'm straight double shifting Now cause back in the day I was a trouble mischief Throwing in the deep end The hard slogs to get hammered on the weekend